Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, February 18th. I want to draw your attention to a new podcast that you can listen to, Heartbeat for Israel. The show is hosted by Sharon Sanders, co-founder and director of Christian Friends of Israel. She's lived in Israel for the past 30 years, building authentic and loving relationships with our Jewish brothers and sisters. Now you can listen to her teachings on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or SoundCloud. Just go to one of these podcast platforms and search for Heartbeat for Israel, and you will find the program there. She brings a unique and much-needed perspective to the table. Here are the titles of some of her teachings. What is the missing link in our faith? Buried in the Sands of Time, The Jewishness of Jesus, Jerusalem, The Throne of the Lord, The Red Letter Words of Yeshua, a paradox, the halt of history. We are partners and friends with this ministry. Please tune in each week and listen to Heartbeat for Israel, and soon you will sense a spiritual heartbeat for Israel. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bread Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Mishpatim, and it means ordinances. Exodus 23, 26-24-18 There will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land, and I will give you long, full lives. I will send my terror ahead of you and create panic among all the people whose lands you invade. I will make all your enemies turn and run. I will send terror ahead of you to drive out the Hivites, Canaanites, and Hittites. But I will not drive them out in a single year, because the land would become desolate, and the wild animals would multiply and threaten you. I will drive them out a little at a time until your population has increased enough to take possession of the land. And I will fix your boundaries from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea, and from the eastern wilderness to the Euphrates River. I will hand over to you the people now living in the land, and you will drive them out ahead of you. Make no treaties with them or their gods. They must not live in your land, or they will cause you to sin against me. If you serve their gods, you will be caught in the trap of idolatry. Then the Lord instructed Moses, Come up here to me and bring along Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and seventy of Israel's elders. All of you must worship from a distance. Only Moses is allowed to come near to the Lord. 
The others must not come near, and none of the other people are allowed to climb up the mountain with him. Then Moses went down to the people and repeated all the instructions and regulations the Lord had given him. All the people answered with one voice, We will do everything the Lord has commanded. Then Moses carefully wrote down all the Lord's instructions. Early the next morning Moses got up and built an altar at the foot of the mountain. He also set up twelve pillars, one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he sent some of the young Israelite men to present burnt offerings and to sacrifice bulls as peace offerings to the Lord. Moses drained half the blood from these animals into basins. The other half he splattered against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it aloud to the people. Again, they all responded, We will do everything the Lord has commanded. We will obey. Then Moses took the blood from the basins and splattered it over the people, declaring, Look, this blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made with you in giving you these instructions. Then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and the seventy elders of Israel climbed up the mountain. Then they saw the God of Israel. Under his feet there seemed to be a surface of brilliant blue lapis lazuli as clear as the sky itself. And though these nobles of Israel gazed upon God, he did not destroy them. In fact, they ate a covenant meal, eating and drinking in his presence. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain. Stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stone on which I have inscribed the instructions and commands, so you can teach the people. So Moses and his assistant Joshua set out, and Moses climbed up the mountain of God. Moses told the elders, Stay here and wait for us until we come back. Aaron and Hur are with you here. If anyone has a dispute while I am gone, consult with them. Then Moses climbed up the mountain, and the cloud covered it. And the glory of the Lord settled down on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from inside the cloud. To the Israelites at the foot of the mountain the glory of the Lord appeared at the summit like a consuming fire. Then Moses disappeared into the cloud as he climbed higher up the mountain. He remained on the mountain forty days and forty nights. Mark 3, 7-30 Yeshua went out to the lake with his disciples, and a large crowd followed him. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, from east of the Jordan River, and even from as far north as Tyre and Sidon. The news about his miracles had spread far and wide, and vast numbers of people came to see him. Yeshua instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so the crowd would not crush him. He had healed many people that day. So all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. And whenever those possessed by evil spirits caught sight of him, the spirits would throw them to the ground in front of him, shrieking, You are the Son of God! But Yeshua sternly commanded the spirits not to reveal who he was. Afterward, Yeshua went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him. And they came to him. 
Then he appointed twelve of them and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons. These are the twelve he chose, Simon, whom he named Peter, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, but Yeshua nicknamed them sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. One time Yeshua entered a house, and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. But the teachers of religious law who had arrived from Jerusalem said, He's possessed by Satan, the prince of demons. That's where he gets the power to cast out demons. Yeshua called them over and responded with an illustration. How can Satan cast out Satan, he asked. A kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is divided and fights against it himself, how can he stand? He would never survive. Let me illustrate this further. Who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. I tell you the truth, all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. He told them this because they were saying, He's possessed by an evil spirit. Psalm 37, 1-11 Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong, for like grass they soon fade away, like spring flowers they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord, and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. The lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. Proverbs 10, 3 and 4 The Lord will not let the godly go hungry, but he refuses to satisfy the craving of the wicked. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. I want to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Exodus chapter 24. And I want to unpack that a little bit for you. Basically, what we are seeing here um, is a wedding party. So in Exodus 24, verse 1, the Lord instructs Moses, Come on up here and bring along Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and 70 of Israel's elders. All of you must worship from a distance. So the elders, 
the 70 elders are invited to come up with him. And I, it kind of feels like, it sense, seems like they go up about halfway up the mountain. Because later on, the Lord calls Moses only to come up further, come up higher, come be with me. So the, the elders go up with him and they sit down and they have a meal. It's a covenant meal. It's kind of like your rehearsal dinner that you have the night before the wedding with all of the family on both sides of, of the groom and the bride. And so uh, let's look at Exodus chapter 24, verse 7. And then he took the book of the covenant. Well, let me back up to verse uh, 5 and 6. He sent some of the young Israelite men to present burnt offerings and to sacrifice bulls as peace offerings to the Lord. Moses drained half the blood from these animals into basins, and the other half he splattered against the altar. So this is a covenant, and it's a covenant in blood. Then, verse 7, he took the book of the covenant and read it aloud to the people. And again, they all responded, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. We will obey. In essence, this was the ketubah, the marriage ketubah. This is the Lord saying to the people, will you marry me? And when they said, yes, we will obey, this is their I do. I will be married to you. So it is following the Torah by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is stepping into a marriage covenant. You become part of the bride of Yeshua. So after they said, we will obey, Moses took the blood from the basins and splattered it over the people and declared, look, this blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made with you in giving you these instructions. Now that's a remez hint. Now, here, he's actually using the blood of bulls, but this is a picture of the blood of Yeshua, that later on, when Yeshua sits down and he has another covenant meal with them the night before he's crucified, and he has them take bread, and he says, eat of this bread, this is my body, and then drink of this cup of the wine or the grape juice, this is my blood of a new covenant. So, um this blood here is pointing us to ultimately to Yeshua who spills his blood to bring us back because we as a people, we broke the covenant. Um, our, our ancestors did and we, each and every one of us individually and personally have broken this covenant. So um, up there, the elders, Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu and the 70 elders, they climbed up the mountain but like I said, I think they only went up halfway. And verse 10, there they saw the God of Israel, and under his feet there seemed to be a surface of brilliant blue lapis lazuli as clear as the sky. And though these nobles of Israel gazed upon God, he did not destroy them. In fact, they ate a covenant meal, eating and drinking in his presence. This is our wedding supper. So then the Lord says to Moses, come up to me on the mountain, stay there, and I will give you the tablets of stone on which I have inscribed the instructions and commands so you can teach the people. That's why I think they only went about halfway up the mountain, because now the Lord is calling to Moses, come up here, come up here to where I am. And he's about to give the Ten Commandments to Moses. So this is a really huge principle to understand, is that when each one of us is born again, 
and we ask Yeshua into our heart. And he takes out the heart of stone and he gives us a heart of flesh. And he begins to write his Torah, his word, upon our heart. We are, in essence, stepping into a marriage covenant with Yeshua. And especially, I want to speak to those of you um, who are single, who are widowed, who are divorced, who are never married, whether you're male or female, that category, that group of people who are not married. You're in a very special situation in that you have the opportunity to walk with Yeshua as your husband. And it is awesome to walk with him as your husband. Um, He is the best you can ever have for a husband. Let me give you just a quick anecdotal story. Um, I was working on my taxes for 2022, and I spent all day working on my taxes and using H&R Block software, and it took many, many hours to compile all the information and add up all the receipts. And then I finally got to the point where I was ready to electronically file. And when you do that, you have to put in your adjusted gross income from the previous year. And that is to the IRS verifying that you are who you say you are, that it's not somebody else. And so um, I was ready to electronically file and I wanted to get this all taken care of and done. Um, And I tried and I typed in what I thought was the correct number from the previous year and the IRS rejected it. It wouldn't go through. I tried it again and it wouldn't go through. I tried it three times and it kept getting rejected. So I'm actually camping in my little travel trailer my little 16-foot trailer out on the coast of Oregon, and the closest office depot to be able to print out my return and mail it in is 60 miles away. I'd have to drive all the way to Portland. And so I got frustrated. I wanted to call it done and be done with this and get it off my back. And so um, I took a break and I I thought, okay, I'm going to have to drive all the way to Portland and I'm going to have to print out my return and put it in an envelope and mail it off and it's going to take three times longer to get any kind of a refund. So instead of just hopping in my truck and going, I just took a little walk. I took my little dog, Benji, with me. And as I was walking, I felt an impression from the Holy Spirit, my husband, Yeshua. And what the impression was, was he said, try this other number. Try it again. Try to e-file it one more time, but try this other number for the AGI, the Adjusted Gross Income. So after I took the walk, I went back into the trailer and uh, got back onto the H&R Block software and went to the page to electronically file and tried this other number. And by golly, it went through. And that's my husband. And, And he takes care of details like that. We just have to be sensitive and we have to listen and pause. But he's right there. And he helps us with every little detail. I'm forgetful, very forgetful. And he reminds me as I'm maybe heading out the door and hopping in my truck to go somewhere. And as I'm about to turn on the ignition, he'll say, "Mm, an impression will come to my mind. You forgot ABC. Oh, thank you, Lord, for reminding me. So then I go back in and grab what I forgot. That's what husbands do. Just the little things, the little details. So I just want to encourage those of you who are single, 
whether it's from being never married or widowed or divorced, um, Yeshua is a very faithful, loving husband. I'll say one more thing, an anecdotal story about that. I'm a person that needs to be touched. I love to give hugs and I love to receive hugs. And when I was a single mom raising children, I got lots of hugs from my kiddos. But then one by one, they grew up and they moved out and they got married and they're on their own. So I live alone. I have a little dog, Benji, and he's just a real sweetheart. And I get lots of, you know, um, hugs and snuggles from him. But there's a time when you just need a hug from someone with skin on. This is why it is great to be involved in a local fellowship um, so that when you meet and you gather, you can give each other a holy kiss. You can give each other a brotherly or a sisterly hug. And especially those who are single, widowed, divorced, never married. We need hugs. We need touch. I do anyway. So sometimes when I'm in prayer and I'm having an intimate time with Yeshua at night, and it's my date night with Yeshua, I turn off the TV, I turn off the radio, turn off the cell phone, put on some worship music, light a candle, and just just get quiet and still and press into Him. And it may be even a time, I, I may need to pour out my heart to Him, with petitions and concerns, with requests. But even after I get past that and beyond that, and I get quiet, and now I'm ready to receive and I'm ready to listen, then I wait. I wait upon the Lord. And I tell you, um, there have been many times when in the Spirit, uh, I get a vision or a picture, and I'm up in a heavenly place. And I've gone there often. And... I'm sitting on a park bench in heaven, sitting by a pond, a beautiful, beautiful pond. And there's just all kinds of vegetation and trees and life, and it's just beautiful there. And Yeshua sits on that park bench beside me, and he puts his arm around me, and he puts his talit right over me. And I just lean into him and and just lean into his chest and allow him to embrace me and to keep his arm around me. And I don't say a word. I just uh, bask in his presence and receive that hug from him. And he knows that this is one, this is my love language, that I need those hugs, those embraces. And so that is the kind of relationship you can have with Yeshua for those of you who are single, especially. But even if you're married, you can have that kind of relationship. But, you know, God has something very special for those who who don't have a spouse. And so I just wanted to share that with you. This walk, we are betrothed. And there's a wedding coming. And there's a day coming when we will see him face to face. Right now we're betrothed and he's away and we don't see him face to face. But there's a day coming when we will see him face to face. So I just wanted to uh, really expand upon that picture for you from Exodus 24, that this Torah that Moses is about to bring down from the mountain, it is an invitation to step into a relationship of intimacy, a marriage relationship with Yeshua. I want to close now with this beautiful worship song from the Sons of Korah, 
and it's uh, based on Psalm 37. Have a blessed day. Don't fret because of evil men Or envy those who sin For like the grass they'll wither soon Like plants they'll die away They soon will die Trust in God, do good and dwell in safety in the land. Delight yourself in God alone, and He will give to you the desires of your heart. Commit your Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>